This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's now time for Women on the Waves, a show focusing on issues affecting women, here on Christchurch's community access station Plains FM. I'm Rachel Hazelden, and today on Women's Lives, Women's Stories, I'm speaking to Tusiata Avia, poet, performer and writer. I attended Tusiata's play Wild Dogs Under My Skirt in the 2019 Ōtutahi Christchurch Arts Festival and was completely blown away by its power. Talofa, Tusiata. Talofa, Rachel. Talofa. So lovely to have you here. Uh, you asked um, for a pre-festival performance at Hayata Community Campus um, to share it with your old school and community you grew up in. What was it like? Yeah, it was amazing actually because, um, you know, usually the festival um, things happen in the city mostly and mm. not too much out east. Um but the producer and I, who was also my cousin, um, yeah, thought it would be really good to have it at Hayata. They have a big theatre there. Mm. Um, and Hayata used to be Aranui High. Aranui is my um, my hood. And, um, yeah, it was really great having it out there. Mm. Um, How did the students respond? Yeah, well, it was a funny thing because... There weren't many students at the play because it's kind of a bit R16. Um, but we had a, um, you know, we had a, a meet-up, well, a opening with the, um, the students earlier in the day. And um, that was really amazing um, to be there with them and kind of like a real uh, full circle coming home for me. Um, yeah, I didn't have a particularly happy time way back in those days. So it was really great to be able to um, come back to my old stomping grounds and um, and bring something um, of myself, but also of those kids. You know, it must be one of the brownest schools in Christchurch. So mm. um, it was really awesome to be able to bring that um, yeah, to our kids, yeah. Absolutely. When you were at school, did you have any imagining of drama or performing or writing? Could you imagine that in your future? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think I started writing when I was about 10. Um, and by the time I was 15, I shut that down because... By the time I was 15, it was 1981. Um, I was a brown girl in Christchurch. 1981 was not a good time to be a brown girl in Christchurch. Um, and, yeah, everything around me let me know that um, I couldn't aim too high and writing was not for girls like me. 
Mm. You know, I saw it as quite an elitist thing. So I really consciously shut it down mm-hmm. um, and didn't you... didn't really start uh, didn't really start writing. You know, being a writer until I was in my thirties. So you named 1981. What was significant about that time and going on life in Christchurch? Um, I mean, that's just, I remember really specifically at 15. Mm. But I mean, that time, um, you know, late 70s, early 80s when I was a teenager, you know, it was a Muldoon government. Um, It was the time of the dawn raids. Mm. It was not... It was not a good time mm. to be Pacific Islander or anything other than white, mm-hmm. um, and particularly so in Christchurch, mm. where to be other was not cool mm. at all. Mm. So um, my way of kind of coping was to try and downplay myself as a brown person and try and kind of fit in um, which was ridiculous because I'm five foot ten, and you know I'm a big brown woman, so I couldn't really hide, but I tried. Mm. 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 So what's it like coming back full circle, and uh, you're being yourself, you're performing, you're writing, yeah. um, your play is on stage. Yeah, I mean it's a fantastic thing, and I I kind of at the was quite emotional at Hayata. It felt like one of the highlights of my career, really, um, because, you know, being able to return to a place that let me know that um, I wasn't okay mm. um, and saying, look, you know, saying to the um, to the spirits in the air, look, you know, look what I've done and... I'm going to off-Broadway, so there, mm. you know, the low expectations that you had of me mm. are, are all wrong, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. And letting the kids know yeah. as well, which, um, you know, in, in my career as a writer, I've done a lot of um, work with school kids in, in high schools and primary schools. And one of the main things I do is let them know that they are entitled to be what they want to be, mm. you know, mm. because being a person of colour um, in New Zealand, particularly in Christchurch, uh, many, many young people um, and, and old people have a, a low sense of entitlement, mm. you know, because that's what we breathe in, mm. in the air. Yeah. So how do you communicate that to young people? Um, I tell them my own story mm. um, and... You know, it's a it's a really common story, mm. um, and I get them to think about what is it they really truly, you know, heart heart. What is it really truly that their heart wants to do? Mm. You know, um, and you know, I've seen some some eyes really light up with kids. Mm. Um, yeah, which is a it's a great honour actually to mm. do that for kids, yeah. Mm. 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 What do I need to hear as a Palangi woman in Christchurch? Well, you know, I think it's a real journey for um, people who are, you know, in the, you know, who've been born into the white majority, you know. 
and a really dear friend of mine is, um, you know, on that path at the moment. I'm finding it really painful um, and a real struggle, but she is educating herself and emotionally facing up to the things that she's inherited as a as a um, person of privilege. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, many of my friends are somewhere on that path, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she sent me a, a message yesterday, which just made me cry because, um, you know, I'm just feeling how hard it is for her to, because um, we all inherit something, right? Mm, and she's, and, you know, because by virtue of the fact that she's been born in to the majority privileged privilege culture, she's inherited all this stuff that she is not aware of and is becoming aware of it, you know, and it's painful. Mm. Um, but it's very, it takes some consciousness and some bravery to do that. Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, the the... The thing for people is, well, it's not my fault, you know, and I'm not part of that. And I'm, but you know, we're we're all part of what we're born into, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a real. I mean, it's everybody's personal journey. I think to um, get woke, mm. you know, mm. or not. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we're. That's a consistent message I'm hearing for myself is acknowledging my privilege. Yeah. Um, and um, ongoing educating myself. And um, I did grow up in Christchurch, and and I found the conservatism very restrictive. Mm-hmm. Um, and wanted to you know just get away, leave, travel. Yeah, and me too. Um, <laughs> see the world, um, <clears throat> and and go to places where I wasn't the majority, mm. and see how different people live and how experience life. And I've had this strange relationship with Christchurch, where I come back and then I leave, and I come back mm. and then I leave, and I come back. And now in my forties, it's the f- first time I actually feel some. I can kind of find my diverse tribe of women here in Christchurch mm. that is not conservative yeah. and that there's there's different voices and I'm starting to feel like I fit for the first time in a yeah, different yeah. kind of way. Yeah. Mm. You know, similar for me. I think when I was seven, um, I decided I didn't want to be here because I didn't didn't like it, mm. I felt it as a um, as an unsafe place to be, mm. as an aggressive place mm. to be. Mm. Um, and every morning on the way to school, I used to tell um, the friend that I used to walk with, yeah, yeah, um, that I didn't. I wanted to leave. Mm. Um, and I had a 10-year plan. Mm. I figured by the time I was 17, because that feels really old when you're seven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that I was Ancient. going to yeah, <laughs> that I was going to leave here, and I had um, a whole list of places that I was going to go, you know. Yeah. 
Um, that was my plan of action. And I pretty much did that. Mm. Um, I left when I was 20 and really did um, kind of travel the world. Mm. What I didn't realise is that I would keep coming back here. You know, my mm. family is here, mm. you know. Those invisible threads mm. pull us. Yeah. Mm. And, um, yeah, I mean, family is... is uh, so important and has become more important to me mm. as I've gotten older um, and had a daughter. Um, so, yeah, it keeps pulling me back and back and back. And um, I've been quite angry about that until recently. And um, if anyone from Auckland is listening to this, don't take this personally. But <laughs> I just spent a couple of years in Auckland being totally miserable with um, with no family support. So coming back here made me really appreciate what I do have mm. um, in my family and in my friends, mm. you know, mm. in that group of of mostly women mm. who, um, yeah, who are really great. Yeah. Mm. 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 I'm going to jump back to your play mm. uh, being off-Broadway yeah. and being in New York uh, in January. Yeah. Super exciting. Super exciting. Uh, what does what does that mean to you? Like like what sharing what you've where you've come from mm. and not feeling entitled, not feeling you could be what you dreamed of. What does this mean? What's the significance of this for you? Yeah, well it's I it's kind of um it's definitely overshot my expectations. When I was ten, I made a, um, I made a school project called My Ambitions Through Life, and I listed all these things that I wanted to do, and one of them was be a writer, and one of them was travel. Um, I didn't expect to, um, you know, have a, a play off Broadway. Um, it, yeah, so it's quite. Astonishing, but then, on the other hand, you know this this play um, and my career as a writer has had a a long trajectory. You know, um, I first performed this, I wrote and performed this play in two thousand and two. Mm. I did it as a one woman show for eight years, um, and yeah, then. You know, it kind of went to bed for a while. And then um, 2016, um, it um, was kind of re, um, relaunched as a six-woman show um, under the most amazing director, mm. Annabella Polita'ivao, and um, producer, Victor Roger. So... You know, it's had like what eighteen years gestation. Yeah, when it goes on from birth to yeah, an when adult. It, yeah, when it goes on off Broadway um, in January, it's mm. yeah, it's had it's had eighteen years to mm. get there. Mm. You know, mm. Mm. so yeah, it's a it's a trajectory. Yeah. yeah, what a beautiful thing you've given birth to and created. Yeah, yeah. It's um and and also to have these other people um, gather around it and and 
take it to a to a new level. When mm. I did it as a one woman show, um, it was great, but it's hard to do things by yourself. Mm. You know, mm. a whole a whole thing. And I'm not um, formally trained as a as an actor. Um, How did it evolve to? Where was the spark of the idea to have it be six women perform it? Well, it had entered my mind, but again, I did that thing that many of us do, where oh no, I can't do that. And it was really um, my cousin Victor Roger, who is uh, um, one of our premier playwrights, um, who also started a production company specifically for works by people of colour. Um, and he said to me, cuz, you know, this should be a six-woman play. And I'm like, yeah, it should. <laughs> um, and, yeah, he he was really the driver mm. behind this. Mm. Um, and then getting these extraordinary actors on board, all of whom are Pacific women mm. actors mm. and a, a really astonishing director. Mm. Um, yeah. So the women and the director who uh, put it together in Christchurch, are they the same yeah. women who are going to be yeah. in New York? They're the same, they're the same cast, cast. Yeah. except for one woman who was away at the time. Mm. Um, so it was only five women here, mm. so it'll have the full mm. complement. And mm. yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll blow them away in New York. Mm. You know, yeah, perfect. Yeah, Tusiata, what do you like about being a woman? Yeah, you know, I was thinking to myself the other day. Um, I've often said to myself, I'm a very feminine creature and um, it's a strange thing you know I always used to think oh yeah that's really great because I used to think about but I used to think about feminine in quite a traditional way but you know I'm 53 now menopausal which is fantastic because fantastic Mm. because I've been able to emerge out of the egg of femininity like a phoenix (laughs) um, with this real um, strength and I've got to say anger, Hmm. you know, like positive, but anger that I can really funnel. Valid, valid feeling. Um, Anger that I can really funnel in a a really energetic Mm, way. Creative way. Yeah. And I mean, I always have, but... I feel like being at this point in my life, um, yeah, I've got a new kind of energy going on. Yeah. Mm, mm. So, yeah, loving being a woman, awesome. Loving being menopausal. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Perfect. So we're going to finish the program with a song that you've chosen. Yeah. Lady Six, Like Water. Yeah. Tell so me, what in, how'd you choose that? Um, when you asked me to choose a song, I didn't have to think for very long before I came up with Lady Six. She is um, a Christchurch girl, um, Samoan, grew up in Aranui, um, and has had really great success. Um, and yeah, her 
her music is amazing. I really love it. I listen to it. It's the kind of stuff that you put on all the time from tidying your room to um, getting making yourself feel better to pumping you up before you go out. You know, she's she is um, full of soul beautiful. and full of strength and um, absolutely beautiful. Look yeah. forward to hearing. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Rachel. Awesome. Thanks. Can't trust, oh I know, I feel a smooth